Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. This podcast was created to help open your awareness to the truth of who you are, a limitless being. You are worthy and deserving of an abundant and prosperous life. It's time to peel back the false beliefs and remember who you are, light and love. For additional resources or to contact me directly, please visit my website, heatherhakes.com. Again, that's heatherhakes.com. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 363. Today, you're going to learn from my guest, three steps to bring your vision to reality. Welcome to today's interview. I brought on Tyler Foley. Tyler, welcome. Oh, thank you, Heather. It's a joy and a pleasure to be here. Please give listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? I live in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and right at the foot of the foothills and uh, the beginning of the Rocky Mountains. And I, what I do is enjoy that view every day. Professionally, I am a public speaker and author, and I train people on how to be more comfortable public speaking. Well, and I'd love to give for you to give more background on your different path and the studies. And you've been under Scott Adams and John D. Martini, and we both previously talked about Tony Robbins. So you have so many perspective and teachings in your tool belt. I'd, I'd just like you to shine some light on all of that. Sure. Um, I have been very blessed. I was a child actor started on stage when I was six years old. And I, I had the luxury of getting to travel a lot with that career. And I was introduced to Scott Adams in uh, an airport in a, uh, one of the bookstores. And I got the Dilbert Future, which first introduced me to the process of affirmations. And I was always fascinated by that. Um, just, you know, the power of thought and how it can, how you can manifest your own destiny and how you are actually in control. And that, um, you know, <laughs> you, you always have, uh, a choice. I, I, I'm an avid reader and I, I loved Scott Adams analogy because he tied it all together for me in a creative way. He talked about how, you know, um, film strips to see a movie, particularly in the theater, it's just a, a series of projections, still images, boom, 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 boom. And when they're rapid fire, that's where we get this illusion of motion. And he said, imagine if you could pick the frames in your mind and go through it. And then another friend of mine said it was very similar to a choose your own adventure. And I remember when I was, you know, grade in the second grade, third grade, getting to choose your own adventures. And I'd always flip to the back to see, you know, what the outcome was that I wanted. And, uh, you know, cause sometimes you'd fall off the cliff. Sometimes you'd get the treasure. Nobody likes falling off the cliff, but everybody likes getting the treasure. So I'd be like, okay, so I need to get to page 86 and I would read through the various scenarios to, so that I could get to page 86 and choose my own adventure. And when Scott Adams introduced me to the idea that choose your own adventure can be your life. Like if you know where the end destination is, you can choose the paths. You can follow the signposts to get to where you want to go. It was, it was eye-opening. And uh, an, another mentor of mine, Bob Corbett, introduced me to Dr. John Martini. And, you know, he was, his breakthrough experience was a, was a definite eye opener for me too, in that, you know, a lot of times it's our own personal choices um, that hold us back. 
and being able to release ourselves of a lot of these burdens is usually the way to travel forward. And then, as you and I both know, I've gotten the chance to work with Tony Robbins and Les Brown. And I've read a lot of Darren Hardy and Brian Tracy and like, you know, all the all the names they are all the names. But I've I've been studying this now for 25 years and actively using a lot of these tools that I've picked up from these various giants of the industry and have found great success doing it. You know, I was a, a working actor, which most people can't claim to be. Um, I when I published my book, I wanted to be a number one bestseller. It became a number one bestseller and I self-published it. In the process of doing that, I kind of um, had this regret, this ping inside of me of, oh, maybe I should have published with a traditional publisher. And sure enough, at one of my seminars, I got picked up by a publisher who picked up the book. And all of these things were things that I put on vision boards. They're things that I have put in affirmations. They're things that I have visualized and meditated on. And uh, it kind of bugs my wife. <laughs> actually because there's a lot of times where i'm like i'm gonna do this thing and she's like oh here we go again and uh and sure enough we make it happen and the beautiful thing is is she started to do that herself and has seen great success doing it and we're showing my six-year-old daughter how to do it and that that i think is the most important thing that i can impart on her at a very early age that she is in control of her destiny that life happens for her not to her yeah. And to be able to give her that gift that young is um, is really the greatest gift that I could give myself. Pardon the interruption. If this content is resonating with you, I want to offer you some additional resources. Check out my website, heatherhakes.com, and take the free life assessment. This is a great tool to take inventory in life where you're feeling in alignment and abundant and where you're simply feeling stuck, stressed out, or as someone recently emailed me, completely ruining their life. I've also created a self-study course all about mindset and manifesting. Again, check out my website, heatherhakes.com, and click on course. Finally, if you are ready to deep dive and really transform your life, I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching. I will teach you what has taken me years and tens of thousands of dollars to learn in which you can start implementing right now. To learn more and schedule your free strategy call, visit heatherhakes.com forward slash coaching. Now back to regular programming. For sure. And this next young generation, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people, millennials and, and on, everybody spends time in their thirties and above trying to undo that conditioning we got in the environment we grew up in. And I mean, I was lucky enough. My mom started doing this work. I don't know. Was I even born yet? I don't know. So I've always had this spiritual teacher in my life teaching me the principles. I've been reading the book since I was very young and, you know, that's how it got me to today. But I think that's important to note because a lot of people may be newer to this industry or this realm. Affirmations are kind of where you start. But can you please touch on why affirmations, just saying these I am statements are, aren't enough? They're not. No, they're not. And you're right. And thank you for bringing it up. The problem with it is doing affirmations and just, you know, writing it down and thinking, 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 thinking without doing any action steps or paying attention to the, to the energies that are surrounding you. 
-hmm. and actually making incremental change within your life is the same as if I want six pack abs, right? I want to, I want to star in a Marvel movie and I want to get cut like Chris Pratt. Well, I can't do that sitting on the couch, watching videos of people exercising. And that's what people who are just writing down the affirmations and hoping that somehow they make a million dollars are doing. They're sitting on the couch, watching the exercise video, wishing to get six pack abs when what they need to do is literally shuffle two feet off the couch and start doing that thing <laughs> that they're watching on the TV. And when I first started using affirmations, I'll, I'll, my first affirmation was, I, Sean Tyler Foley, will be cast in the lead role of a successful television series. And at first, I thought that was a great affirmation, right? Like that was, it was, it was specific, it was detailed. And, and that's what I did. I wrote it down. The problem was it wasn't specific enough. First of all, lead role, am I going to be the starring role? Is it just going to be a supporting? Like wh where do I fit in that lead? And uh, what is a successful television show? Is that syndicated? Is that a uh, Canadian television series, American television series, British television series? Uh, what, what am I actually looking for in that? And then uh, is that actually a thing that I want? Like, what is it that I actually want? What is the thing behind that? And really what it was, was I wanted to be a professional performer and make a living acting. And the accolades and all the rest of that really didn't matter to me. So distilling down what was actually in my heart, what was the, the hope, what was the goal, and then modifying my affirmations to do that. And the great thing is, is I didn't just sit and write it down, right? I went to auditions. I would tell everybody, everybody, what I wanted to do and how I was doing it. And you'd be surprised how, you know, actually vocalizing it instead of keeping it coveted to yourself and writing it down in your journal and, you know, writing the IMs or even speaking the IMs aloud, really loud in your bathroom when no one's listening versus saying it to the world unapologetically over and over and over again, how that changes. And one of the, the best times that I ever used affirmations effectively was when I retired from acting at 25, I went back to school to get an engineering discipline. And I was actually prompted by my wife's graduation from the same school that I was going to. I got accepted into the school the year that she graduated. So I saw her graduate and I saw the valedictorian go up on stage. And I thought to myself, I want to do that. I want to be valedictorian. And so I started writing it down. But then I, you know, I looked, what do you need to do to be valedictorian? What are the criteria? How do I make that criteria? I created the roadmap for me. So that I knew that I had to get elected into leadership. I had to be, had to keep the best grades. You know, when I graduated from school, I had a 3.98 GPA. Um, I was an honor student, uh, Phi Theta Kappa, honor society. I was the president of my school society and was part of council. And so I had all my leadership stuff, but I knew at the beginning that I needed to do that so I could go through. And when they were first selecting, uh, they had the valedictorian selection process. I didn't even know about it. I had told everybody and I, 
no word of a lie. I think the second week I was in my class, I said, I want to be valedictorian in two years. And they're like, okay, who's this crazy guy? <laughs> Why is he telling us this? But I told enough people that uh, when the tickets had come out, they sent out an announcement two years later saying, you know, if you need to book your graduation ceremony tickets, this is how you do it. And I fired back a message that said, oh, uh, and when does the valedictorian selection happen? And they pinged back, oh, they're actually in the process now. There's 20 candidates, but somebody has stepped out. One of the uh, nine, one of the 20 that we selected decided that they were uncomfortable public speaking when they realized what they had to do. And so they've actually canceled. So we actually have an opening. If you can make it up to the auditorium in the next 20 minutes, we'll, we'll, you meet all the criteria. Um, you know, the, they, they knew who I was and they were like, you meet all the criteria. If you come, we'll put you in as the 20th selection. So I wasn't even supposed to be in that valedictorian selection process because they'd made that two or three weeks prior and somehow I had missed it. But the universe conspired to have me in the room at the time. Yeah. And the, the selection panel, there was six of them, asked, why do you want to be valedictorian? I said, well, because I saw the valedictorian two years ago. I committed to myself at that point that I wanted to do it. And in fact, I've been so obsessed with this that I actually have my valedictorian speech already prepared. And they said, really? I said, yes. They said, give it to us. So I did. I gave him the whole 12 minute speech. And I don't know if it was the uh, pure brassiness of having a prepared speech for a thing that I wasn't even sure that I was going to get that I didn't even know of, if that's what convinced them or if it was all the work that I'd put in behind it, but I was prepared. And sure enough, I was a 2010 valedictorian for State Polytechnic. And that, that was all visualization. That was the power of affirmations, but I did the work with it, right? I yeah. created that roadmap and I followed the plan. But I have a question for you because, so that's very masculine energy, strategy, structure, yes. going forward, creating a roadmap. But what about the reverse of that? The feminine being in flow, being aligned with the energy and drawing, being a magnetic force, drawing an experience to you as an example, Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about this and he's like, why would you go on a dating app and swipe looking at body parts? But that is one way to do it, right? Or another way is to do the, to have your clear desire to do the visualizing and, and everything that he teaches. And literally you raise to this next energy, everything you could imagine and want is already available. It's already yeah. in the field and your job is to line up with it. So can you simply describe the difference between that masculine go driven, making it happen versus being aligned in flow and drawing it to you? Absolutely. And the thing is, is I did both. Yeah. Right. So I, I was constantly aware of the energies around me and, and I definitely feel that there was, um, you know, grace and divine influence in me getting that email, you know, that, that, that was an, an energistic thing. And yes, I had my strategies, but you and I both know the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry and they did, right? Yeah. Like I had this plan, I told everybody, but I still didn't get the emails <laughs> to say, now we're accepting applicants. So I'd missed out on that. And I strongly believe, and again, this comes back, uh, 
both uh, Joe uh, speaks about it and Dr. John Martini speaks about it, the, you know, the yin and the yang and the energy states. I have always tried to raise my vibration to the level that it needs to be. And I'm not somebody who's happy sitting in stasis. Uh, you and I were talking offline, you know, my, my biggest, I feel the biggest killer of dreams is complacency. Mm. But I also know that there are periods of contraction and that there are periods of expansion and we need them both. Um, one of the things that I needed uh, was the humbling of, hey, you just about missed out on this dream. Yeah. And, and that prompted, I think one of the reasons why I was so successful in that interview was because I knew that I had, that I was supposed to be there, that nothing was keeping me away from that. And that was, that was uh, an embracing of a feminine energy as opposed to my masculine energy of the planning. But I feel that we need both. You can't, you know, there needs to be, there needs to be structure and action that goes with your awareness and, and flow state so that you can be aware when you are in flow state. I often consider um, one of my favorite, two favorite songs in the world, um, Garth Brooks, The River, and Billy Joel, River of Dreams. And the two of them, I, I, I will meditate on those songs. They're just so powerful to me. And one of the things that I like about them is that they speak about this energy state. And if, and if you are in state, if you're in flow, if you're following the current, you can feel it. it. It pushes you along so much faster than you could go on your own. But if you're trying to fight the current, I mean, it takes three, four, five times more energy. You can use a river course to go up or downstream. You know, people have been using waterways to uh, travel for years and years, uh, hundreds of years, thousands of years. But any sailor knows that when you're fighting a current, it takes four or five times more energy because it takes the same amount of energy to stay at stasis if you're going against the flow. It, you, you, you don't move anywhere, but you're still trapped. You know, you've got to do 20. If it's a 20 knot current going one way and you're trying to go the other way, you have to do 20 knots just to stay still. And then so to, even just to go one knot faster takes exponential more energy than what you could do if you just cut the en engine and went the other way. Yeah. And so the planning, the masculine is necessary to know that you're, that you're actually going the direction that you thought you wanted to, but you need to give yourself up to the universe, to the feminine energies to realize were you actually planning the right route? Yeah. You know, are, is the destination that you think you want to go in your head where you need to go? Because if I had got to where I thought I would be when I was 15 or 16 or 17, I'd be a marine biologist, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's allowing yourself the permission and the freedom to take the breath in the moment to step back, close your eyes and trust in faith and feel where the energy is pushing you. And then open your eyes and say, is this the direction that I'm planning on going? And if it isn't, how do we correct our course? Like, what do I need to do to now make use of this energy, this flow that is pushing me in this direction? Because it's pushing me in this direction for a reason. 
And if I thought my reason was upstream, now I need to figure out what's downstream, what awaits for me there. And so it, it, I think you need to have both the masculine and the feminine. Well, that's something Abraham Hicks always says is to go downstream. And ultimately, I feel like that's letting go of resistance and maybe surrendering in a new mantra that I implemented for myself is show me the way. Because if I'm always trying to make something happen and it's not freaking working, I got, I have enough self-awareness to go hands up, show me the way. Yeah. 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 No, I, I agree. And I think, uh, uh, a lot of times and you and I were talking offline too about fear and it's that fear of the unknown that is so ingrained in us that prevents us from allowing ourselves to do that. But I love that, that, that analogy. Um, and a lot of times it takes this religious overtone, but, and, but I, I do love it. You know, if you had, you, you have a, a child in the womb, right. And a fetus that's just growing and it's now in its 10th month of gestation and it's a twin. And it, the one twin says to the other, um, you know, what, what if mother doesn't exist? You know, and it's this weird exploration of, of God, you know, and if you, if we in utero fought our own birth, where would we end up? And, and it's that fear of the unknown because, you know, in a womb-like state, they, you got everything that you need. You're, you're warm, you're loved, you're comforted, and you're, all of your sustenance is provided. You just need to sit there and, and really grow. But it, there's a point where that becomes restrictive and you don't have room anymore and you need to be birthed. You need to go through the fright and the, and the, <laughs> the, the scare of going through that birth canal and coming into this new foreign place that is no longer warm and it's cold and the, you don't, you're not in fluid, you're in air. And, you know, when you're in a gaseous state as opposed to a liquid state and like all of these things become an analogy for our comfort levels. At some point we outgrow the, the womb and we need to not fear the next step in our evolution. And if we allow, if we stick in there and become confined, uh, we, we perish, we need to move on. And, uh, and I always try to find, you know, when is the right time to push? And as you said, when do I let go? And when do I trust that this net, that the moment I will be shown the right path, I will be pushed in with the momentum to where I need to end up. What is a good way for self-soothing when you are fearful? Because I think as so many have said before that, you know, the life you want, the experiences you want are on the other side of your comfort zone or fear, right? And so how do you self-soothe to go, is this perceived? Is this real? And I, I want to go through it. Um, so, and again, you and I have, um, have discussed this. So let's share with your listeners. Uh, one of the things that I have found that have been highly, highly effective for me, and they're very simple to implement too, are a thing that a gentleman by the name of Shirzad uh, Shamin does called PQ reps. And there are various types to do it. There are uh, tactile ones, there's auditory ones, there's visual ones. And what they do is they are pattern interrupts, right? Mm -hmm. And Tony Robbins does this really famously when he, when you see him working a crowd and he does, you know, a lot of times he's going to use an auditory pattern and uh, interrupt either by raising his voice and yelling 
or he'll, he'll swear, you know, he'll just, he'll throw out a curse word really quick. And you're like, what? Oh my goodness. Now I'm paying attention. The uh, PQ reps that uh, Shazad does are ways for us to reset um, momentarily those, the, the pattern. And so one of the things that he lo- loves to do and one of the ones that I do the most because I can do them while I'm driving, I can do it while I'm on a call, working with a client is uh, I will take my fingers and I will rub them very slowly and try to feel the ridges in between my fingers. And just that slow attention to detail. You, if you were focused on this, you can't be focused on anything else. And then with that, you control your breath. So I start thinking about my breath work, slow breaths in, slow breaths out. And can I actually feel the ridges on my, on my fingers? And when I get to that point, now all troubles have melted away. Like I, you, can't, you can't be calm and fearful at the same time. And this trick, instant, you can't not do it and not be calm because you become hyper-focused on a very uh, tactile and sensory thing. You control your breathing and now everything. And then I can look at it from the curiosity of a five-year-old. I call it the McKenzie principle. I named it after my daughter because she comes to me at five. She's six now, but when she was three, four, five, all she asked me was why, 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 why? And she didn't stop until her curiosity was satiated. And it's that curiosity of a five-year-old where it's just wonderment. You know, she's not, she's not come from a place of fear yet because fear is learned behaviors and learned patterns. And so she she doesn't know any better and she just wants to know why, why can't I do that? And it's been great for me because then I have to reevaluate the world that, that I'm creating around her with her and go, is that a thing that you need to actually be afraid of? Like, why do I have this fear? Why do I have this fear for you? What, ha- where has it come from me? And so when you do the PQ reps and you can recenter, then you can reevaluate the, whatever problem you're at, whatever fear you have, and reevaluate it from the curiosity of a five-year-old. You use the McKenzie principle and you just ask why. And that's what I like to do. If it comes to me, you know, oh, you shouldn't do that. Why? Well, because this could be the outcome. Well, why? Well, because this, 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 and then you play the, the what if game. And then, I, and then I always like to track the opposite. Again, yin and yang. Okay, well, if this is a potential income, Newton's law says that for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So if I do this, this is an out, you know, outcome A is a potential, but so is outcome B. So let's, what if, if this happens, okay, what if this happens? And then I, I love to explore that tree and just what if, and then I find same with the choose your own adventures. I, what if, until I find the scenario that I like. And then do you go back to the visualizing and, and all those techniques? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, they're all parts of the tools in the toolbox visualization is a a very powerful way of training your brain to recognize the stimuli that you are hoping for. And when we are expecting a pattern, we are more likely to see the pattern, right? Everybody always talks about the car, right? You buy a new car. I, I love my, my Ram 
because I'm, I'm in Alberta, I'm a Alberta boy. And so I've got a Ram 1500, big pickup truck. I see them everywhere because it's the truck that I like. I, I love my truck and when it dies, I'm going to get another one just like it. So I see the new ones and I see what has happened with it. I see Rams everywhere, but I don't notice any other vehicles really. And it's the same thing with uh, when you're doing the power of visualization. What are the outcomes that you're going to look for? And then you start to see those things. And, you know, I go back to Scott Adams when he was talking about affirmations. You will start to see the, um, the signposts, the markers that are present all around. There is an abundance in the universe and we could have infinite possibilities so when we start using visualization, all that does is train our brain to notice the things that we're hoping for. These are the things that are being put into your path. And they're always there. These are the things that are being put into your path to help you succeed in whatever it is that you want to do. If you could only give like mainstream humanity that doesn't know all of these tools because you've learned so many over the last couple of decades, right? If you could only give one tool that they can start implementing right now, what is it? If I could give one tool, I, the first one would be the PQ reps to calm and still your mind. Um, it's not my tool to give, but anybody can look it up. You just literally need to type in positive intelligence or PQ reps or uh, Shirzad, uh, Shamin. Um, I think he's got a book, the positive intelligence book. But honestly, if, if I could just give one trick, do that. Do, you can do it right now. The, the listeners of your show right now, if they're listening to Mind Over Matter, let's get Mind Over Matter. Put your fingertips together right now and rub them slowly enough that you can feel every ridge and just tell me after you do that for 30 seconds to a minute how do you feel and i promise you your heart rate's going to go down your breathing's going to slow your mind is going to calm it may start thinking about things but pay attention to what those thoughts that are interrupting you while you're focused on your fingertips because they're trying to tell you a thing but i, I if, if i could give one tool pq reps is, is where i would start because it's so easy to implement and then you, we can start talking about some of the other things about, you know, focusing your mind and, and becoming aware of energies and all the rest of it stems from just stilling your mind first. And this, this is the quickest way to do it. Well, and this question might go hand in hand to what I just asked, but we, we've touched on many different things today. So if there was one key takeaway from the power of thought and fear and, you know, affirmations, et cetera. What, what do you think is that one thing you want listeners to take away? I would tell them that the thing that they're afraid to say is probably the thing that the world needs to hear. Mm -hmm. That that is where we find our community. And that's where we can find healing. Mm -hmm. And you and I have seen enough of this to know, um, you know, over 20, 25 years of being exposed to self-development that when people come and they say the thing that they've been coveting in their heart and they let it out into the world, it's not just themselves that they heal. And we were discussing, you know, I believe that there, you are one of three things in the world. You're either a student, a peer, or a teacher at any given time. And when we say these things that we're afraid to say, we find our group. We find the audience that needed to hear that message. Maybe it's a thing that we're struggling with and we don't know 
how to get help. And if we say it out loud, we can find our teacher and become a student. Maybe it's a thing that we overcame and we, you know, we're, we don't want to discuss it. But if we say it out loud, now we find the, the person who needs our tutelage and we become a teacher to a student. Or maybe we just find our peer group. We find the support of the people who have experienced similar things to us who can support us in our journey in finding teachers and students. But it's, and we can't do that until we get that thing off of our heart. So if I could give one piece of advice, it's to say the thing you're afraid to say. And that's having those tough conversations with our loved ones, with our peers, with our, our, our employers, with our, our work. Those are usually the hardest places to do it. And yet they're the most freeing places to do it. Because if you can come out and be open and honest and vulnerable, you will find the people who need to hear that messaging. And it literally can change the world. Well, and I love that. And I think that's just a great reminder that the power of we are all connected and you're never alone. So I love that. Okay. I'd like to wrap up the interview. So I have a few rapid fire questions for you. Absolutely. You've already shared some good ones, but what is a quote or motto that you live by? Uh, honestly, uh, it's the simplest one. It's uh, if it is to be, it is up to me. I love it because it's every one of those is a uh, two letter word. It's funny you bring that up because my neighbor, he's got a big background in wrestling and he's all about the wrestler's mindset. And that's, he says that all the time to me. Yeah. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? Non it's a fictional book. The Fool's Progress by Edward Abbey. It is my favorite read. I make all of my um, clients read it. Uh, it's a long book. It's over 400 pages, but it is an incredible exploration of um, man's will and triumph uh, over adversity and um, how choices have impact. We all have choices in our lives. We're all presented with them and how paths can diverge and converge based on the choices that we make. And then from a nonfiction standpoint, I, I love both um, the four agreements and uh, the compound effect compound effect written by Darren Hardy. So those are, those are three. I make all my clients read them. So if you're, if your listeners on mind over matter, want to pick those up, they're great. Nice. All right. Final question. What advice would you give your younger self? Uh, to believe, to trust my gut. You know, I've done, uh, I've gotten recently into studying heart math uh, I was actually introduced to it by a friend of mine, Brandy Sador, and uh, Tony Robbins himself is, is starting to look into it. Uh, we have neurons in our stomach and our heart and in our minds. Problem is our minds tend to cloud with the uh, conscious and subconscious and the ones in our heart and our gut work on a subconscious level. And I would tell my younger self, um, always trust your gut. The times that things have worked out the best for me is when I trusted my gut. The times that they've worked out the worst for me is the times when I haven't. So I would always trust my intuition, trust my gut, uh, trust that the universe is there to protect me. I love that. And a great note to end on. Tyler, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, it was a pleasure, Heather. Thank you for having me on the show. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. I'd love to connect with you on the social platforms. You can add me on Instagram at heather.hakes or subscribe to my YouTube channel, Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode.